As you're getting settled, let me invite you to open your Bibles with me back to Psalm 104. It is amazing to me how you can set in motion a schedule of daily Bible reading about five years ago or so and reach the first Sunday evening of a brand new year and just coincidentally have Psalm 104 be the scheduled reading that has been rolling for several years and discover that it is a marvelous place to spend this first evening of a brand new God-given year getting our hearts and our minds focused where they need to be. I want to use Psalm 104 to try and and continue building that precious momentum that Roger was talking to us about just a few moments ago. Thank you so much for being here this evening. If you were not able to join us this morning, I would most certainly encourage you to go back and watch or listen what Roger shared with us, a variety of plans and resources for this brand new year. We truly appreciate those guys up in the booth and behind the scenes who were able to capture our brief time together this morning and archive it and make it available so that this evening on you can go back and revisit what we hope to accomplish and be and do together this year. We've got a great theme that is from several different key passages that if the Lord wills we'll dig into in in deeper levels over the course of the next few weeks and months. One of the foundational passages that Roger took us back to this morning was from 2 Timothy chapter 4, where this aged apostle, knowing that he is reaching the end of his time on this earth, said over and over and over again, I have. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I'd like to spend a little bit of time with you this evening just recognizing and and challenging us, getting at the forefront of our minds that the day is going to come for many of us when we know our time on earth is short. Not everybody has those times of self-awareness and reflection. Sometimes we know that life can come to an end in a, a tragically quick moment and then what is done is done. But for the majority of people, we, we recognize that we are reaching the end and And want to be able to say with consequence and and conviction, this this is what I have done. This is what I have experienced. This is what I have been blessed with. And if I, if you are going to be able to say, with this inspired Apostle Paul, there is a good fight that my father has defined and I have fought that fight and there is a a good race that my creator has 
defined and I have run that race and I believe that there is a crown of life awaiting me according to the promises of God because of what I have been in Christ. What a tremendous blessing. But before I have is experienced, I will must be resolved. We want to try and help you as much as possible reach the end of this year being able to say with confidence, I have. But in many ways, this is where it begins. I have in the future will be shaped by what I will in my brief time that my Heavenly Father provides for me. Psalm 104 verse 1 begins with this great exclamation of the psalmist as he reflects on Everything that he sees all around him, he, he is moved to say from the very beginning of the psalm, O oh Lord, you are very great. And there are lots of ways to experience and appreciate that, but Psalm 104 gives us a unique opportunity by giving us a wealth of verbs action words that are not associated with us as human beings. It's not about what we have done or will do, but about what our Father in Heaven has done. And so, would you just notice with me this incredible list of verbs that is flowing out of the psalmist's awareness. Oh Lord, you are very great. Well, what does he have in mind by that? In Psalm 104, verse 2, we read about the Lord stretching out the heavens like a tent. What an incredible word picture to get in our minds from the very beginning of this new week and the very beginning of this year. The heavens above us have been stretched out by their Creator. In verse 3, we read about how He lays the beams of His chambers on the waters. In the second line of verse 3, He makes the clouds His chariots. In fact, we read about He makes throughout this psalm. Look at verse 4. He makes His messengers His wind. Verse 10. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. Verse 19, He made the moon to mark the seasons. Verse 20, You make darkness and it is night. Verse 24, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. This world has a maker. You have a maker. 
Back in Psalm 104, verse 3, we read, He rides, verse 3, He rides on the wings of the wind. Or in verse 5, we read, He set the earth on its foundation. Verse 9, You set a boundary that they may not pass. In verse 6, we read of Him covering. You covered, verse 6, line 1, you covered it with the deep as with a garment. In verse 8, the mountains rose, the valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. Why are mountains where they are? Psalm 104 teaches us. They have been appointed by the Lord. Look at verse 13. From your lofty abode you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. Verse 16. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly. How incredible to think of God watering or in verse 14 causing you cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate. In verse 16, you planted. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly. The cedars of Lebanon that He planted. Verse 26, there go the ships and Leviathan which you formed to play in it. Even the greatest of sea creatures have been Formed Verse 27 and 28. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. Finally, verse 30. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. I don't know about you, but there are times when I need to be reminded of what Psalm 104 is teaching us. This is my Father's world. Just look at what was written 3,000 years ago that continues to be experienced all around us every day single day. This is what our Father in heaven does. O Lord, my God, you are very great. Or in the language of verse 24, O Lord, how manifold are your works. What we may not see on our first path through today's Bible reading is, in fact, Psalm 104 mirrors page 1 in your Bible. And so remember with me on day 1, many of our children began Genesis chapter 1 today. Some of you in your walk through the Bible class began in Genesis today in our building blocks classes on Wednesday evenings. Lord willing, in just a couple of days, we're going to start in the beginning. How amazing that this psalm 
reminds us of what happened from the very beginning. For instance, start reading with me in verse 1, Psalm 104, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. Listen to the light. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. If that's all we had, well, we, we probably don't begin to notice a pattern. But if we keep reading with an awareness of where the greatest story of all begins... We start to notice something. On day one, page one of our Bibles, God made light. And then on page two of our Bibles, He started working with the waters. And it just so happens that the psalmist in verse 5 moves on to say, He set the earth on its foundations so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose. The valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. You flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. Verse 14, he follows the week of creation by moving on to plants and animals. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly. The cedars of Lebanon that he planted, in them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. Day three, plants and trees. Day four, sun and moon. Look at verse 19. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness and it is night. When all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey. Seeking their food from God. When the sun rises they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. Day five. Probably page 2 of your Bible, we read about the sea creatures. Look at verse 24. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things, both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. Verse 27. Day six, the animals. 
These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. And when you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. O Lord, my God, you are very great. O Lord, how manifold all around us it is on display. The glory of your incredible works. Let me ask you, who's missing to this point in Psalm 104? Well, you know who's missing. We are Missing. But not by the end of the song. And so let me ask you, or ask with you, where can we find ourselves as God would have us? In Psalm 104, and at the beginning of this year. Could I try and make that as as personal and practical with you as I possibly could this evening. We've heard a lot about the verbs that come to mind with this psalmist as he reflects on the glorious works of God. We looked at a whole list of verbs, action words that are associated with this benevolent creator. Let me ask you, even as I ask myself, what sort of verbs will characterize my life, your life, in 2023. And what if we used Psalm 104 as a launching point? What if we started with verse 1 and said with the psalmist, I will bless. I have been so richly blessed by this God, and so how could I not be a blessing to this never-ending, abundant, gracious fount of so many blessings? That's where the psalmist starts. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. So even as some of our brothers reminded us this morning, I, I don't know what sort of attention you are paying to your flesh from the very beginning of this year. Maybe your, your body, your diet, your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your body fat index, whatever it is that you're, you're focused on, there is most certainly a place for all of those things. But I feel very confident in asserting this evening if you are not concerned with your soul from day one of 2023, you're missing the point of it all and in danger of wasting this God-given year. You have a God-given soul that was given to you by God to be a blessing to God. I will bless. What about 
everywhere we've been from verses 1 through 30. I will recognize. I, I will recognize what my Father in heaven has done. The, the greatest responsibility and privilege that I have as a parent or a grandparent or a, a Bible class teacher or anyone who cares about the generation or generations behind me is to draw their attention to what our Father in heaven has done. If you are equipped to be an Olympic elite athlete, but you don't learn this, you've missed the point of it all. You climb to the top, top, top ladder of every human ladder ever constructed and everyone is looking up to you, but you don't recognize what your Father in heaven has done. You are building your life with sand. And the time is going to come that the tide comes in. And you will have an appointment with this God. This is what life is about. Learning who God is. The God who stretches and lays and makes and rides and sets and covers and appoints and waters and causes and plants and forms and gives and renews. Parents, let's, let's view this new year through that lens that if my children learn anything at all, this is what I want to help them recognize above and beyond everything else. Because if I fail to recognize, I am at the precipice of an extremely dangerous slope that the Apostle Paul describes throughout Romans chapter 1. Men and women who suppress the truth. Well, what truth? The truth of Psalm 104. What can be known about God is plain to them. How? Because God has shown it to them. How? His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived. Where? Ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. And here is my Creator saying, if I fail to recognize these truths, there is no excuse, no excuse not to acknowledge. In the language of Psalm 104, verse 24, O oh Lord, how manifold are Your words. In wisdom, You have made them all. One more time with Paul. If I don't see fit to acknowledge this God, God's not going to make me acknowledge Him. But the door that is open to me to live day after day, week after week, month after month, year after God-given year, without recognizing who has made all of this possible, Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that leads nowhere good. 
And so what if we leaned on Psalm 104? I will bless. I will recognize. I will acknowledge. I will look. Verse 27. These, all of these sea creatures and birds and and land animals, what's the point of learning about those from very young ages in Bible class? It's to learn These are all looking to our Creator to give them their food in due season. And then the the Master Teacher, the Son of God, says, you know what? You could learn a lot by looking at them and learning to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. The earth is teeming with creatures who are looking to Him. Let's not be so sophisticated in 2023 that we neglect to look and to glorify. Verse 31, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. Lord willing, tomorrow, in our scheduled reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we will hear the Apostle Paul conclude a great and a critical thought. I encourage you to read it with me. Schedule's in your bulletin. There's a January reading calendar out there. It's available on the website. You can subscribe to it and have it right there on your phone day after day after day. You will hear the Apostle Paul, if you take the time, recognize and acknowledge and look you will hear him say whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God verse 33 I will sing to the Lord as long as I live I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. What a blessing to gather throughout this day and just spend time in song together. What an opportunity tomorrow to meditate. Verse 34, may my meditation be pleasing to him. What will you fill your mind with tomorrow from the very beginning of the first Monday of the year? What will you fill your mind with in the the quiet moments of that God-given day? What, What will be on your mind and your heart as you drive around? What will be the sort of last things that you reflect on on the first Monday of a brand new God-given year? You can't improve on Psalm 104. Because if you bless and recognize and acknowledge and look and glorify and sing and meditate, do you know what door opens to you? It is the door to joy inexpressible and filled with glory. Verse 34, may my meditation be pleasing to him for I rejoice 
Not in my accomplishments, not in my record, not in my reputation, not in my hopes and dreams, not in my skills, not in my wisdom. I rejoice in the Lord. I got to tell you, verse 35 is challenging for me. If I were writing Psalm 104, I, I, I think I would have stopped with verse 34. Verse 35 says, Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. And I thought a lot about those two lines this week. In, in one sense, maybe that seems like a, a jarring end to this beautiful, hope-filled, perspective-giving psalm. But in another way, doesn't it remind us with a, a, a punch at the very end why the world is the way that it is? We don't live in Genesis 1 and 2 anymore. We, we don't live in paradise right here and now. And the reason that there is so much brokenness and fear and despair in the world is because we have failed to bless and recognize and acknowledge and look and, and glorify and, and seek satisfaction in God. I'm thankful that in the era of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the answer to the problem of verse 35. And that answer, I would suggest to you, is, is twofold. To shine. Let's recognize this evening that sin fills our world. And we can't snap our fingers and make that go away. We can't say magic words and make people do what they ought to do. But we can unashamedly shine. Reflecting the glory of the God of Psalm 104. And we can finally share. Share with those who have wandered off the path of Psalm 104 why there is a God who needs to be recognized and acknowledged because we don't just want to cross the finish line having said, I have fought, I have run, I have finished. We want to help others. We want to help Sinners, we want to help the presently wicked be able to say, I have fought, I have run, I have finished. Because if we're honest with ourselves, all of us fit in Psalm 104, verse 35. All of us have our rightful, deserved place in the last verse of that psalm. But somebody shined, somebody shared news 
that brought us out of that dark pit so that we could say in the last two verses of Psalm 104, verse 35, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. In just a moment, we're, we're going to sing a song inviting you to recognize all things are ready. Come to the feast. How Psalm 104 helps us see everything that God has, has made ready. I, I mentioned that part of tomorrow's scheduled reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And doing a little bit of writing and reflecting on that, something that we'll share tomorrow, just giving you something to think about from that, that passage. I wrote a little bit about James chapter 4. And I'd love to leave you with what the Holy Spirit of God leads James to assert for us in James chapter 4 and verse 5. Do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says, speaking of God, He yearns jealously over the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us. You have a God-given Spirit for which your Creator is zealously jealous. You are not your own. You were created. If you're a Christian, you were bought with a price. If you're not a Christian, this is why we have a new year. To find our place in Psalm 104, to find our place in our Creator's world. Jesus is the answer for whatever afflicts your spirit even this very evening. We hope this little walk through this 3,000 year old Hebrew poem has gotten you thinking about the big picture, what life is all about, what has been made ready and available by our patient, gracious Creator. And if you have reached the point where you know tonight is the night, I have a spirit that my Creator jealously wants to call His own. And we can be of some help this evening. We can pray with you or for you. All things are ready. Would you let us know how we can help by coming to the front while we stand and sing together? <laughs>